I want to talk about civic hacking in Chattanooga, and I also want to start by talking a little bit about what that is. Um, I am a fellow this year at Code for America, which is a nonpartisan nonprofit based in San Francisco that pairs uh, technologists, designers, people who have a passion about improving cities, along with governments in municipalities to work in the city, to uh, encounter problems and look at challenges that the cities might be addressing, uh, and find ways to work together with the citizens to improve uh, the local situation. Uh, so a team of us have been here since February working on some of this. Many of you we may have met uh, in the course of this. Uh, on the left is Jeremiah Kimmelman, uh, one of my good friends and teammates. On the middle is Giselle Sperber, very talented designer slash architect slash uh, foodie, uh, whom I've had the honor of working with this year. Uh, and then that's Teal Tebode, who uh, has been kind of our spirit guide this year. When we came in in February, we were brought into the mayor's office, and we were tasked with make them different, referring to the people in the city who were working with technology, who were working on the systems and websites and everything that uh, we as, as Chattanoogans interface with on a daily basis. Uh, essentially, cities for a really long time haven't taken a user-centered design approach to technology and to systems uh, that people have to use on a daily basis. And I think many of us realize this when we experience frustration with parking tickets or with renewing your driver's license, for example, uh, or some more serious applications uh, such as social services if people are... Uh, uh, depending on, on food stamps to meet their basic nutrition needs for their family, and you don't realize that your account balance is empty until you are standing in line at a grocery store swiping the EBT and getting it denied, that's both a really humiliating experience as a person, and it's also a terrible user experience for the, the government service in this case. So let me come back to the term civic hacking. What do I mean by this? The, the title of my talk is Civic Hacking in Chattanooga. Uh, and this could maybe be a scary term uh, for some people. Does this mean that we're coming in and, and, and we're taking your credit cards? Um, it does not. Um, all that I mean by this uh, is a hack is some kind of creative workaround for an existing system that maybe doesn't work exactly the way you would like it to. Uh, maybe it's working as it was initially specced out and designed and built uh, but over time, the requirements maybe have changed or some, something new comes along uh, or, or you get a new thing that you want it to work with uh, and it's not really to spec. It wasn't, it wasn't built with that in mind. So a hack could be duct tape, like the Apollo 13 mission. Uh, in this case, civic hacking is done by a civic hacker, which I would put it to you as just someone who, when you see a problem in your community, rather than just complaining about it, you use your creativity, your skills, a little bit of elbow grease to actually do something about it. So I'm not sure if you saw this today, but I wanna play a video for you real quick. Introducing Carrot. Carrot uses an innovative combination of nutrients to provide a seamless experience for your digestive system. Here's how it works. Swipe with two fingers to feel the carrot's rough texture. Pinch carrot with your thumb and forefingers. Then make a lifting motion to lift carrot to your face. 
It's that easy to get fresh, quality nutrients delivered wirelessly to your body. Carrot works seamlessly with all your favorite apps. And Carrot is compatible with a wide variety of sauces and dips. And coming soon, integration with Beats by Dre. Carrot uses virtually no power, so you can take your carrot anywhere. When you find a carrot you love, it's easy to share with friends. When you're done with your carrot, swipe upward. Don't worry, your carrot is secure. And carrot will notify you when it's time to update your carrot. We've put a lot of work into carrot and can't wait to share it with you. Carrot, a simple way to stay alive. So what if all of our government experiences could be like carrots? Now, I share this with you uh, because of a very real criticism that I've heard, uh, which is when we talk about civic hacking or, or putting, putting that term aside, when we talk about uh, this phenomenon of, of designers and developers and people coming into uh, kind of this space of social problems uh, and, and, and trying to use our skills in this space, um, isn't that just putting a new term on something that's already been going on for a really long time? It's, it's basic citizenship. It's uh, caring about your community and taking part in it and finding the, the proper mechanisms to get involved. Maybe it's joining a neighborhood association or going to a public meeting and, and sharing uh, your opinion or, or, or taking part in a task force or a design charrette uh, and, and really getting involved in that. Um, I would say that all of those things are great forms of practicing citizenship. But what we found as governments are moving forward is that governments haven't been able to keep up with consumer expectations, with the way that people assume that things should work. So even if governments had unlimited budgets and, and were able to continue operating at, at the status quo and were providing the same level of service that they always have, relative to the level of consumer expectations, they would be going down. And maybe this is one of the reasons why we have very low uh, uh, ratings of some of our elected officials. So I would say that if we agree that having communities is a good thing, and we may disagree on, on what exactly those communities should look like or the level of services that, that should be involved and, and, and who should provide those services in the community, we all agree that, that we have one geographic space to inhabit for all of us. And if we care about where we live, we should try and work to make those better. So I would say that uh, th those of us in this room who maybe identify on the code side or the creativity side, uh, if we call ourselves user experience professionals or, or anything else, that we have something that we could offer to our communities that maybe goes beyond just voting every couple of years, maybe goes beyond even showing up and, and responding to a survey or taking part in a local meeting, we could actually be involved in the co-creation of local government. And we could share those skills in a manner that facilitates those benefits for people in our communities who maybe don't have the technical skills but maybe have a great idea or just a strong desire to get involved uh, or could help organize people from other parts of the community that we may not uh, uh, get to on a frequent basis. So hopefully we could go beyond just putting some glossy uh, things on top of something that we already have, on top of the carrot. 
a lot of the work that we've done uh, at Code for America, and certainly my own personal uh, career to date, has to do with data. Uh, we have this idea with government that data that government has is created with our money. We crowdfunded uh, it through the original Kickstarter uh, called Taxes. Um, and so it's just sitting somewhere in, in some, some government vault, like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Uh, and, and because it was created with our money and, and it's, it's there, we should have access to it. Uh, and in fact, we do through uh, public records laws and freedom of information laws. But from a user experience level, freedom of information laws don't necessarily do anything to get public data out of places like this. And that's what we have trained specialists for, uh, journalists, namely the fourth estate, who are, who are experts in uh, filing reams of Freedom of Information Act requests and discover some really great things and provide a really important accountability and oversight function to our government. Uh, yes, all of that is, is public data. But I think that there's maybe also some, some additional value that we could get out of it as citizens, not in an oversight role, but more of in a, a usefulness role. In urban planning, there's this idea of a higher and, and better purpose, and planners try to get the best amount of value that they can out of a common resource, usually a piece of land. Uh, land is interesting because it has an exclusive use. You can't build two buildings on the same plot of land. But with data, since it's digital, it's not subject to those same limitations, uh, we could actually take data that is being already created in the course of business from one government uh, office and repurpose that and make it more useful uh, for a whole host of folks. So the question then is how do we go from public data to open data? And by open data, there's some other technical definitions, but the, the important parts for me is that it's useful and that it's available to people. Uh, at a time where it can help you make a better decision. So here's an example from what we've been working on this year uh, in Chattanooga, riding the bus, which is something that uh, many people do every day. Um, I would guess that many people in this room, maybe not, because Chattanooga doesn't have a very high level of what's called choice ridership. Uh, most of the people who ride uh, the bus in Chattanooga do so because it's their best uh, transportation option. Uh, in fact, 50% of Chattanoogans earn less than $15,000 a year, um, a, which makes public transit just critical to people's daily lives. When we came in February, uh, one of our good friends, Jenny Park, showed us this. This is a paper bus schedule that she had written out by hand that she uses to help navigate the CARTA bus system. Uh, and, and this is very good. And what we, you find when, when interviewing uh, log time bus riders is that people are very savvy users of public transit systems. People will know where they need to be to catch which route and, and where it'll go and how late in the day it'll run. Uh, but what this doesn't do is invite casual use of bus systems. Buses end up appearing uh, esoteric or difficult to use, difficult to navigate. And so as designers, we look at that and we say, if we want to protect for example, the natural resources of our environment and want to encourage people to take more sustainable forms of transportation, what can we do to make that an easier choice to take public transportation? So we worked with CARTA, the transit agency, uh, and adapted their, their bus scheduling data into an open data format uh, that was originally created by Google for Google Maps. 
And that's still in the works if you're waiting with bated breath for that. Um, but we do have the data published out there uh, on the Chattanooga Open Data Portal, data.chatlibrary.org. Uh, and so anyone could go on there and, and download things off of that. And so one of the things that we did while we were waiting for Google to publish it uh, is contact another app provider. Um, this is Transit App. They're a, a small uh, independent software vendor based uh, in Canada. And they were supported in a lot of big cities around the world. They had a place on their website where you could suggest the next city that they should integrate. And one of the preconditions for doing that is that the city had to publish their data in this open format. Well, we had done that work with Carta already as a partner. So we were able to go on and request that they integrate with Chattanooga. We sent it around to some of our lists uh, here in, in Chattanooga. And uh, the next day, I think they responded on Twitter and said, well, we have no choice but to oblige. Um, and so they have it, and so this is live. You could download this on, on iOS and Android, and it's called Transit App, and you could get real-time uh, information and routing for buses here in Chattanooga. Also bike share. One other example real quick. Um, in addition to the three of us as Code for America fellows, there's also a volunteer organization in town called Open Chattanooga, uh, which has been around for a while. Uh, which does similar types of things uh, in, in inviting anyone who wants to come and participate to work on projects. What's unique about Open Chattanooga in, is that they are part of the national uh, brigade network that Code for America runs to help connect like-minded individuals in different cities. And what that means is that when people in, in one city develop something cool or useful or interesting, those stories can be shared and since everything's done on an open source software basis, the actual code can be shared around to different cities. So a couple of the people from Open Chattanooga saw uh, that in Denver, they had wired up uh, the local animal shelter to a Twitter account. All of the animals were already inventoried when they came in, uh, along with cute pictures and little bios. But they were on a special website that was locked away that received relatively little traffic. And the key insight was, what if we flipped it around? What if we took these animals that were adorable and up for adoption and integrated them into people's daily information consumption habits, right? Take the animals to where the people are. This is the digital version of bringing the puppies out into a box in front of the grocery store. Let's find ways that we could uh, put it on social media, ways that can be uh, retweeted or, or reshared, uh, reblogged, as easily as possible in the hopes that it'll get more visibility for these animals and in turn drive more adoptions. So they created this, I, I think the prototype was literally made on a flight uh, between Denver and San Francisco um, and then they just put it out there to see if there would be any interest. And over the course of uh, the next couple of months, people in other cities saw it and said, well that wouldn't be too hard to do. You have the source code there already and you have documentation uh, and we could just go and talk to our local uh, pet shelter and see if they're interested in, in partnering with us on this. Uh, and what happened is it spread to 12 cities. So last month, uh, Chattanooga became one of them. And this is the, the Twitter account, at uh, CutePetsCHA. Um, and here we have it integrated both uh, with the, the main uh, Humane Society as well as McKamey Animal Shelter. Uh, and yes, it also supports cats. That's a requirement because it's on uh, the internet. Um, this was 
what the process used to look like. This is the, the, our version of the, the paper form for the bus schedules, but for animal adoption. Uh, when we first came here in February, that's uh, my colleague Jeremiah, uh, we went to McKamey and we fostered, uh, this is Gus, uh, for a month while we were out here. And it was great, but uh, we were pretty motivated, I think, to go down and do that uh, because two of uh, our close partners in uh, the Chattanooga uh, mayor's office were both volunteers at McKamey. So they were like, come on, you have to come down and see it, and you have to see these animals, and look, aren't they adorable? And there was a lot of kind of coercion involved. So this is still great. If people end up at the shelter and see the pets, they're very likely to, to maybe try and make it work. And well, I guess we could bring him home for a little while until he finds a permanent home. Uh, so what can we do, again, to make it easier for, I guess, choice riders to engage with uh, these services, in this case with these animals, and, and uh, provide happier lives for these animals? So this is now the, the Twitter page for uh, Cute Pets CHA. Uh, let me see if I could load the live version here. Oh, yep, here we go. And we can scroll through, and there's all kinds of them. I think it posts a couple a day. Um, there's a cat. So it's brand new. Uh, we have 33 followers now. So uh, I invite you to follow at uh, Cute Pet CHA. Uh, maybe retweet every pet, like that one person that you know in your Facebook feed. Uh, and if anyone wants to get involved and, and port it over to Facebook, I think that would be a welcome uh, addition. Uh, so those are a couple of the examples of uh, what we've been working on, both some on the, the more uh, serious, uh, kind of um, really addressing people's needs in everyday life, uh, as well as maybe more uh, on uh, the, the levity, on the side of levity, but um, still providing a, a social positive of helping people uh, adopt pets. So now you're saying, this is wonderful, this is amazing. Jason, how do I get involved? I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is Open Chattanooga's brand new logo. They have stickers printed. Um, and I think there's some here, maybe at those folks. Um, there's openchattanooga.com, uh, as well as at Open Chattanooga on Twitter, and then uh, Open Chattanooga on Facebook. So thank you so much.